Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is my co-host Dane here on a Sunday evening. So uh we are live on our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. So if you join us here, please feel free to pop into our chat, say hello, let us know how the Packers are doing in free agency and any other thoughts and uh, questions that you have here as we uh, continue on in the off season. Dane, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing well, Wags. I'm doing well. Um, I'm feeling good about where the Packers are at, I I think. Um, uh, Free agency wise, I think just getting right into it. I think the big news sometimes is who leaves the team too. Uh, Zadaria Smith, a bit of an about face, went from the Ravens uh, and had a deal in place, it sounds like, and ends up going to the Minnesota Vikings instead. <clears throat> uh, what's your impression of that? Um, obviously, we're going to miss those sacks last season. The injury bug bit him. He wasn't able to play for the Packers, but still – um, a loss for the team to not have that third rusher, and 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 certainly for the Vikings, it's a, it's a big addition for them, I think. And the Vikings continue their tradition of poaching uh, former Green Bay Packers to be part of their defense. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest, Dane, because if the Vikings don't add Zadarius Smith, they're probably going to go after a different pass rusher. So it's not like they're not going to have anybody lined up uh, at uh, the edge position. And Zadarius, as we saw, is can be very productive, and he's coming off an injury last year. So um, the Packers, we knew we were moving on from him. So, uh, hey, I'd rather he's not in Minnesota, but the way I look at it, if it's not Zadarius Smith, it's someone else. So um, it, it doesn't really affect me one way or the other. The other guy that signed in Minnesota, it hurt a little bit more just because of our personal connection. Uh, Chandon Sullivan, uh, certainly uh, folks are probably aware, moved over to the Vikings as well. And uh, he's probably the only Vikings player that I will ever wish well, <laughs> just because he's a solid dude. And and uh, he came on our podcast a few times over the last few off seasons. So um, we're not cheering for him when he's playing the Packers, but uh, certainly wish him well. and. Uh, It's too bad he wasn't able to come back, but that's the way this business works. The Packers clearly uh, had some priorities. Uh, They prioritized Rasul Douglas, completely understand that coming off of last season. And um, obviously they have to feel like they need to budget certain positions. And with that secondary that they have, we we said Rasul Douglas would be a little bit of a luxury. I think Shannon Sullivan. I got to the point where he might have been a little bit of a luxury too, uh, considering he would have been relegated uh, unless there's injuries to more of of that dime uh, type role uh, it, to be out on the field. So his snap count may have gone, gone down a little bit. So it, it, I, I get why they decided to go in another direction. Um, and uh, Shannon just needed a job. So I can't blame the guy for going and finding a spot. But um, anyway, so a couple, certainly a couple former Packers, uh, now in Minnesota. So, Dane, did you have any other thoughts on on those moves, or um, you know, no, anything else to add yourself on Zadarius Smith? Not on either of those two. I think Zadarius, it's fine. That's life. That's free agency. 
Uh, we'll see if he's able to bounce back for the Vikings or not. But I, I like the guys we have up front. Um, I was a little disappointed that Billy Turner, you know, we were we let him go, able to go over and sign with the Denver Broncos. I mean, again, we knew that we were going to lose some guys with with the um, with the cap situation we're in. But the Packers, I didn't feel like saved that much money. So you've got to wonder if Billy was also ready to move on uh, or not. I don't know, right? I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but. Uh, I, I sure would have liked to have seen Billy Turner remain in Green Bay as things now shake out. No knock on the guys we have. We love the guys we have here, but you can just never have too much depth. And now Billy goes to uh, to uh, where Luke Getze is over there in Denver. And, and you know, Denver gets, uh, I think, a pretty good offensive lineman. Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about the guys the Packers did bring in. First of all, uh, this past week, early in the week, Jaron Reed, defensive lineman, uh, former Seattle Seahawks, spent a year in Kansas City. Uh, Dane, what do you know about this guy and, and what what were your impressions of this move? Uh, it was not a costly signing, but it could be kind of a um, upside signing, I think, for Green Bay, short-term contract and um, someone that uh, perhaps could help us on that on that defensive line. Yeah, I, I actually really like the signing. The more that I thought about it and the more I looked into his body of work, um, I'd heard of him before, but real talk, I, I it wasn't somebody that I had tracked uh, entirely over the course of his career, but he's played a lot of football. And the defensive line position notoriously is one where it, it oftentimes takes guys a year or two to really develop uh, out of the draft. And the fact that the Packers were able to go get a veteran guy like him to come in, uh, I really like it. And uh, Wags, actually, um, he, he's solid against the run, but he's a very, very effective pass rusher on the inside. And it reminded me, you know, the Packers were never really able to replace Kingsley Kiki near the end of last season uh, on, on the line. And I feel like this signing really kind of fits that role there, but it also gives Kenny Clark yet another guy to help. We both talked ad nauseum. We think TJ Slayton's going to take a jump as a young guy, but to bring in another veteran as part of a defensive line rotation, I really, really like this signing. It's these are the kind of savvy signings that Goody seems to be able to do and bring guys in. Um, so I'll be curious to see the impact that is made as the season progresses. But on the surface, I really like the signing. I like the cost. And I like the impact that this guy can make for this defensive line. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I think you hit it on the head. I was going to say the Kingsley Kiki role, but actually we'd have some known production. Kingsley Kiki had his moments, but wasn't the most consistent, especially the last couple of seasons. And I thought it had some potential. Uh, and unfortunately in Green Bay, obviously we saw that potential went untapped, uh, where I think Jaron Reed, a little bit of a, more of a known commodity um, at this point in his career, uh, certainly isn't going to be someone you expect to pop out and have Pro Bowl-level production, but you never know. Uh, as we saw last offseason, you can bring someone in, and hopefully they can just fit schematically. Uh, and uh, I don't expect him to get 10.5 sacks like he did uh, back, I believe, in 2017 with Seahawks, but um, if he can be, like you said, Dane, 
solid against the run and, and give you some moments to pass rush. Um, he, he could be causing some problems or disruption uh, next to Kenny Clark uh, in a way that we haven't seen in a couple of seasons. So uh, this could be a, a big time help. Obviously we expect TJ Slayton also to be someone that will continue to develop and in his second season, uh, maybe get some more snaps. And I wouldn't be surprised Dane if the Packers are active in the draft and add another guy on the defensive line uh, in the draft as well. Maybe, fairly early on. Um, so this is a, a big time opportunity to both hedge against uh, the the rookie uh, and TJ Slayton coming in his second year, as well as just, you know, perhaps even significantly improve the overall talent uh, across this defensive line, both with the signing of Jaron Reed, as well as what else, the, uh, whatever else the Packers want to do in the draft as well. Yeah. Um, Wags. Another signing right after the Shandon Sullivan um, departure, Keyshawn Nixon, the Packers were able to bring in. And uh, I know the second half of this pod today, we're going to talk a little bit more broadly about special teams. But um, a guy who has been part of Rich Basaccia's special teams for uh, the last couple of years over there for the Raiders, I thought that this was a a really interesting signing. Kind of guy that we like, undrafted guy has hustled, has worked his tail off, has earned snaps, um, mostly on special teams, but a guy who kind of has played that Isaac Yadam role uh, over the past years. He's been a gunner on punt return. He's kind of an up back uh, on kick return, but does a little bit of everything on special teams. So um, interesting right away uh, that I think that um, Visace is getting a guy that he has comfort with coming into the special teams unit, and now he's got a chance to go out there and try to earn a roster spot as well. Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, he's maybe on the fringe uh, to make the same as unsigned guy uh, out of South Carolina back in 2019. But he's on the Raiders last three seasons, uh, led uh, the Raiders in uh, kickoff. Uh, special team stops uh, in his rookie season back in 2019. Uh, so Bisaccia is clearly, this is a guy he has some familiarity with. He said, you know what, let's bring him in here to compete. Um, and uh, so I think special teams, we say it a lot. That's the way that some of these guys that are going to be kind of lower on the depth chart, especially in that cornerback position group, uh, can have a route to making this team. Uh, so I'm excited if, if, Coach Bisaccia believes this this is someone that could help this special teams unit. Uh, he's got the familiarity with them and and certainly uh, was not a costly addition. So um, certainly not a lock to make this 53-man roster, but <clears throat> could be one of the, another one of those hidden gems uh, that's going to be competing in camp, and, and we'll see if he can help us out here down the road. Yeah, and, and finally, I mean, should we mention Pat O'Donnell, uh, punter? comes in as well. Uh, we, we learned that earlier uh, this offseason that Bajorquez was not going to be coming back, and the Packers go out and they take um, Pat O'Donnell, who's been punting for the Bears for the last eight seasons. And, uh, you know, this this is, I think, another uh, tip that the Packers are going to put some priority towards the special teams that maybe, I'm not going to say they haven't in the past, but um, early on in the offseason making a, a signing like this, they're trying to solidify this some of these position groups, I think, pretty quickly and, and uh, doing a little digging on, on Pat O'Donnell. I mean, he's a guy who I think a key and something that you've talked about in the past, the Packers always seem to draft guys or assign undrafted guys that punt in warm weather. Pat O'Donnell for the last years has been punting down there in Chicago in the cold. He's also a holder. He also has experience on kickoffs. 
Um, so, you know, somebody that comes in here and kind of fills some of the roles that are needs for this Packers team. And based on the structure, uh, Wags, of the contract, it looks like he's at least guaranteed a spot this year after getting, I think, $1.6 million guaranteed his first year. The Packers aren't cutting that punter, I, I don't think. So I think Pat O'Donnell is going to be the Packers punter, at least in 2022. Yeah, uh, it would certainly appear so. I, were you surprised that uh, Borges wasn't someone the Packers had interest in coming back? Or um, was that just one of those, well, we'll see what happens, uh, no, not really strong feelings one way or the other? What was your read on that, Dan? I was okay with it. I mean, I, if you would have told me October 15th that the Packers had, wouldn't have had interest in bringing Borges back, I would have been like, what happened? Um, but we kind of saw what happened when, when the weather went south, his punting just wasn't up to par. Um, certainly not the, the, the major problem on special teams every week in and week out, but the reliability and those big booming punts went away. So, um, I think the Packers saw an opportunity to upgrade or at least find some consistency. And Pat O'Donnell seems to be a guy who over the course of his career has been able to stick on one team and has been able to pump through the elements. And that's something this Packer team needs. Um, do, do you agree or do you disagree? Are you surprised by Bohorquez? Um, No, I think one, let's hold that thought a little bit because I have yeah. some additional thoughts on Pat O'Donnell um, and why the Packers may have wanted to make a move there as well. Um, so let's, let's save that for a second half. Uh, first, Dane, why don't we talk about our sponsor, yeah. uh, DraftKings Sportsbook um, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, it's basketball season now, so we've got March Madness going on, NBA regular seasons winding down here. Uh, Dane, I know you've been keeping us up to date on your wife Andrea's uh, DraftKings um, moves, so to say, in daily fantasy. How's she doing in March Madness, man? I mean, uh, I'm excited to hear how she's been able to cash in. Gregs, I mean... Can can I can I admit to to the audience here that she might be rooting for Duke at this point, um, which is bonkers. I never thought that that would be the case, but she's having a lot of fun with it. I, I I'll I'll admit that I don't know if we're the biggest basketball fans in this household. We were casual basketball fans, but um, because of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, um, she uses promo code TP. PN. Again, the promo code TPPN. She used this promo code WAGS and now she's into March Madness. She's into the NBA, uh, all sorts of sports outside of football. And it's because it's so easy to place bets and it's a lot of fun. It makes these games that much more fun. So again, DraftKings Sportsbook, please folks use promo code TPPN and join the fun with March Madness. The final four is almost upon us. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, all right. So, Dane, talking a little bit more about Pat O'Donnell then. Yeah. Um, what do you think his role as a holder uh, in uh, Soldier Field? the last few seasons and you mentioned kickoffs as well yeah. um had to do with this move because it, clearly we saw that field goal was a big big part Packers ranking dead last in uh, special teams by DVOA um that was they were the worst in the league uh, on field goal and an extra point 
Mason Crosby struggled. Uh, some of that was on Mason Crosby, no doubt about it. Some of it was on the snaps. Some of it was on the hold. Um, so is this one way potentially for the Packers to try to at least shore up the operation? And then it's on Mason to be consistent and get back to that level where he can uh, be executing at a very high level as well. I think so. I mean, that's a really good point, Wags. And, uh, you know, I I always think, you know, punter, I'm thinking about them, you know, booming punts out of the back of their own end zone. But the the holding position of we as we've learned is exceedingly important to what the Packers are doing and it was just sloppy last year across the board I mean Packers went through two different long snappers which you know I don't remember the last time that happened and I'm not sure if Steve Wordle uh, was any better you know than Hunter Bradley was um, so it, it was that was kind of a mess of a situation and then Bork as we saw a couple times just struggled to get the ball down struggled to get the laces out but what the heck are you going to do? Um, this is a, a role where you can't really be making these switches mid-season all that often for a punter. So, um, you know, it's a good point that you're making. Pat O'Donnell is a true professional, and he's a guy who, who's very good at getting the ball down. He's a veteran who's done it for a number of years. So, knock on wood, this helps solidify some of this. I mean, uh, what we don't want, Wags, is, is to be going into this camp with um, a bunch of question marks with, the punting situation again, right? I mean, I feel like we've had this the last couple of years. Um, now's the time. I, I feel like under the Matt LaFleur era, the one glaring hole we've seen, he's been phenomenal mo most of the time here for the Packers. But special teams has been a weak point since he's been the head coach of the Packers. And, and frankly, prior to him coming to Green Bay as well, we've had a lot of rough years at special teams. So maybe this is the year that um, the, the coaching staff, uh, at the very least, they're trying to identify solutions early on in the offseason. And I admire them for that. Now, Pat O'Donnell's going to have to go out there and take care of business, but they signed him. I think that they have confidence in him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be coming to Green Bay. And I'm eager to try to get this stuff squared away immediately because we can't have what just happened last season happen again. We can't have Groundhog Day over and over again in Lambeau Field. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where if there were easy answers on special teams, there would have been other coaches and, and obviously this front office could have figured this out. It's been a longstanding issue. Um, Dane, based on what you've learned about Coach Bisaccia, yeah, is there anything that stands out to you that might give Packer fans some hope or confidence that he might be the one that can finally fix some things on this special teams unit moving forward? I mean, Wex, he, he has a ton of experience. So right away, I really like this about him. I, I've been kind of looking into him. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's all about production in this league. And uh, I think we learned a lot about Rich Visaccia this last season when he became the interim head coach of the Las uh, Vegas Raiders. Uh, it was telling that those guys were fighting tooth and nail for him, and clearly they liked uh, playing for the guy. But um, that's all fine and dandy. But what I think really matters is the guy's been doing this for 20 years in this league, and nearly half of the time he's been in the league, um, he's had a top 10 special teams unit. And even when he hasn't, and I got to give credit to uh, to uh, Sports Illustrated, his units have finished uh, – higher than the Packers in 14 of the past 16 seasons. So 
he's doing something right. And uh, I don't know what the X's and the O's are going to be, how he's going to shapeshift, but maybe he's just got a keen eye for talent wags and guys that fit certain roles. And if that's the case, um, like game on, right? Because I think the Packers have the athletes to, to play special teams. Now can Fizzaccia get the most out of them? He's clearly been able to do it across his other stops in the NFL. And I'm just hopeful that that hot streak continues in Green Bay. Yeah, and I just kind of, when you look at the team's unit, certainly we we said Mason Crosby and the field goal extra point dead last. And season before that, Mason didn't miss any field goals. He, I think he missed one or two extra points. So it, that's sort of a head scratcher. Obviously, um, that wasn't something that um, we would have expected to see coming. But going back to Pat O'Donnell potentially helping as a holder, do you think that the Packers are going to bring in some competition for Steven Wardle as well? Yeah. Um, certainly isn't something that we have to um, invest a lot of resources, both financially or draft capital, into finding a long snapper. But um, Or is there a veteran out there that you think the Packers might try to pick up on the margins? Problem is, there's not a lot of uh, you know, long snappers, they tend to stick uh, if they're good on teams forever. Uh, but um, I think, Dane, that seems apparent that that would be another um, part of the operation that this front office is going to want to look at as well. Wiggs, I mean, tell me what you think, but I don't know if Steve Wordle even makes it to camp. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I, I just think that the Packers, they got to look at what he, he did last season. And I thought that mixed results and I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just what it is. I'm wondering if the Packers bring somebody in. You just, you can only hold so many of these roster spots for special teams guys. And right now the Packers are carrying three kickers and a punter and a long snapper. I mean, how many roster spots can you hold now? I also don't know if the Packers are carrying three kickers heading into camp. That's a whole different story, but uh, at a certain point, I think they're going to be identifying talent. I, I imagine, Wags, they've got to have some eyes on some of the guys coming out of the draft as well and just wouldn't be surprised at the very least for competition or if somebody comes in and, and outright is the guy uh, until proves otherwise. And I just I think we're going to probably see a change of face of the long snapper going into this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dane, I, I do want to ask you, and I know there's not any immediate answer, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, no. um, but looking at our return units, those are two other units that really struggled punt return, dead last kick return, second to last, how much, starting with the kickoff return, um, how, how much do you ascribe that to Kylan Hill getting er, hurt early in the season? Because I'll tell you what, I thought for, for kickoff return, he was showing some flashes and obviously a big body. He's got speed um, with kickoff. You don't normally want the, the punt return. You know, it, you can have different body types back there, but a lot of times you want a little bit more of that bruiser, which Kylan Hill is get a little head of steam and, and can pick up the extra yards, yeah. bounce off a tackle or two. Um, do you feel like, and we don't know how healthy Kylan will be, but by all accounts, he should be ready to go going into next season. Do you feel like just having him back could help a lot? Or is there additional schematic or personnel moves that uh, the Packers or coach Bisaccia might need to do to tweak things a little bit for the kickoff return? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the Kylan Hill, it's such a astute observation. The, the Kylan Hill injury was a huge gut punch. I mean, we saw Kylan in preseason. He looked electric. I mean, folks, go back and listen to the first couple of weeks of our episode one, two, and three of this this past season of our podcast, and you're going to hear me saying, I think he's going to take some touches from Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, or at least mix him in and find a way to get him involved. Um, so I, that's how highly I thought of Kylan last uh, season until the injury occurred. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that he's able to get back, and he he is his his former self. Uh, by the time camp rolls around, you never know how long it takes for guys to get 100% back. But Wags, um, schematically, I don't know what the difference really is going to be here. I, I but I do think that um, that uh, Coach B is going to be able to identify the talent that needs to be out there. And I also think that he has the capacity to adjust in a way that I don't know we necessarily were able to do as much last season. We've seen Bisaccia time over, over the course of his career make adjustments um, at halftime, make adjustments as seasons progress. And that's something that I think is sorely missing last season. And that is a welcome addition here in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, I mean, you look at the Raiders last season, they were certainly not one of the top special teams units, but, um, he, you know, he, he some of that can be talent. And obviously he was dealing with uh, quite a bit of, uh, of personnel issues there, right. both in the coaching staff uh, and on the team uh, in Las Vegas. So it's hard to, to blame him for anything that went on. And they were able to hold things together incredibly well. Um, one thing that does stand out um, when you look at Raiders and special teams units is punt coverage was really good. They, they were a top 10 in the league in punt coverage. And that's one of those units that can really be a backbreaker, Dane, if, if you don't have solid coverage, uh, both in protection and, and in coverage. Tell uh, me about it, Wags. Unit. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to explain why. Um, but, um, uh, certainly I think that's encouraging that that's an area that, um, at least for last year, uh, the Raiders were very, very solid. So you have to figure that he can shore some things up there pretty well. Um, you've got Pat O'Donnell back there to punt. Uh, he has not gotten as many punts blocked uh, as uh, Borges has, even though he's been in the league almost twice as long. Uh, so as some of that's on coverage and some of that's on the punter. So um, I think uh, both from a personnel and then obviously the snapper, uh, as you said. So um, there, there's there's going to have to be uh, a two-pronged effort here. It's not just going to be the coach coming in and fixing all the problems. Certainly he's going to have some input and I think already has had some input uh, as you can see with this signing of Keyshawn Nixon. So um, I I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do there. Um, and uh, again, uh, the biggest difference for overall ratings with this special teams is, is if Mason Crosby can get back on track. Cause it seems like, unless something changes and he decides to retire here uh, post draft or kind of go up and upcoming in the next couple of months. Um, and maybe, and that's still a possibility. We've got three kickers on the team yeah. right now, Dane, um, that uh, it's going to be Mason's job uh, because they haven't made any move to release him. He, they could save about 3 million if he's a post June 1st cut. Um, or if he des designates uh, himself to, to retire. So I, I don't see Mason, uh, you know, 
having to get cut. That's that's being handled as Mason's just retiring, right? So, um, so we'll see what happens there. But that's that's the single biggest thing. So, I, one other thing I want to ask you about then, Dane, uh, punt return. I know that we've said over the last few seasons, can we just spare catch the ball and not fumble and, and, and just get Aaron Rodgers and the offense out there. And that, that seemed to almost be the strategy uh, for most of at least the second half of the season last year. But uh, we've seen that getting some positive yards can, can be a a real boon um, Mm -hmm. for, you know, whether it's for the offense to go down and score or just to get field position, um, it, it, it can make a big difference. So Amari Rogers, Dane, you know, he certainly isn't going to be handed the job as far as I'm no. concerned uh, as a return man. So that's mostly a personnel thing that needs to be addressed, in my opinion. Um, how, how do you think the Packers do that? Just through the draft, or is there some moves that they might be able to make still in free agency uh, to help with the return return game uh, from punt returns as well. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be, there's a lot of options out there and, and Lee 86 commenting uh, interesting guy in the draft is Marcus Jones uh, could be the best return man. This draft play slot corner uh, always around the ball, um, you know, options, right? Wags. I mean, it, it's about options and, I thought last year in one game, David Moore probably looked better than Amari did over the course of the entire season. Uh, unfortunately, I think Amari Rogers, I don't think that experiment's entirely done yet, but I also, to your point, I don't think that he's getting handed this job whatsoever. Um, could the Packers sign a receiver, a veteran receiver, somebody like a Keenan Cole? is still out there. Jaguars guy who um, we saw him take one back to the house against the Packers when he played for the Jags a few years ago. You know, if somebody like that comes into Green Bay, maybe two birds with one stone, right? You're getting a veteran wide receiver and somebody who returns punts. I'm not advocating for it. I'm saying, though, that that's a possibility. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of options on the table as this wide receiver group shakes out or through the draft. But, uh, Wags, I got to think they're going to have two, three guys competing in camp. Um, unless they go out and just get somebody to solely do returns, which I, I just, that doesn't seem to fit the Packers MO. Uh, but I do expect them to have a lot of competition in camp and to try to, try to, um, really zero in on somebody early on. And I've got to think Visachia yet again is going to have a fair amount of input. The Packers did not bring him in to Green Bay and pay him what they're paying him. Uh, to not have input over the special teams roster position. And particularly, I do think, in that return spot. That was a sore spot for the team last season. And I think they're going to shake every tree they possibly can. Um, and, and we're going to come out better for it um, for the first game of the year. I just don't know if it's free agency or the draft. We're going to need to see how this receiver position plays out, I think, before we have a clearer picture. Yeah, and I, they're... If they use one of their first round picks on a wide receiver, they're just going to get the best guy that can play on the yes. outside. Um, they're not going to be concerned about whether he can return. It's it's not a rule, but the punt returner tends to come from the wide receiver or cornerback group. Um, and so I really think that there's a good chance the Packers use three selections on receivers um, and they're going to be active on the undrafted free agency market with receivers as well uh, to build a lot of competition. So I think 
later on in the draft, particularly once you get into the third round or later, yeah. uh, you know, it's not going to be drafting based on need. It's can he play receiver? And Oh, by the way, he's got this skill set as a return man. And so uh, once you get down lower in the draft, um, you can target guys like that. And so I think the Packers are going to be bringing in a, a several guys. I'll, I'll tell you what, Dane, I, I, I don't want to put extra pressure on Amari Rogers, but I'm not so sure that he's guaranteed to make this roster at all, let alone be a return, the a return man. So um, I, I'm certainly not going to give up on him. We've seen some wide receivers take a little bit longer to develop. Um, so hopefully he can come back and take a big jump here in, in year two on, on both levels. Uh, we could use him as a wide receiver and yeah. a return. We're man rooting he, for him. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but um, he hasn't shown enough to me uh, to, you know, say, all right, he's on the team. He's going to have to compete. Uh, that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new faces in that wide receiver group and uh, in the return man group. So um, I, I think that's going to be addressed mostly through the draft. I, I don't expect that that's going to happen through free agency. Just when you're looking at who maybe the Packers sign as right. a, a free agent and the wide receiver group, more than likely they would want to get a more veteran guy. Um, and I don't see any of those guys that are out there uh, as real likely uh, to be a, a return man for, for Ponds, but I guess you never know. Um, so um, Dean, any other thoughts just when you're looking at special teams in general, I, it, it seems almost simplistic with some of these things, but even though they haven't been major moves, I do like that the Packers are clearly being proactive from yes. a personnel standpoint. And you know, Coach Bisaccia has been studying the film and, and breaking mm -hmm. down the tape and, and finding his guys. Um, so um, it's going to be, I think one other thing just in general, this is kind of a cliche, but they need to improve the speed uh, on their coverage units in particular. And um, coverage wasn't terrible last year. <laughs> Protection wasn't great, but coverage was not terrible on punter kickoff. Um, believe it or not, it was it was solid. Those were probably the best areas of special teams last year. Uh, but I do think that they need to improve the overall level of speed, um, especially on the outside um, uh, in both of those units as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I would totally agree. And we don't know how this is going to shake out, but I've got to say that I I am inspired by the, the front office clearly putting a priority on trying to fix this and fix this quickly. It's something that needed to be done. It's very costly. You cannot have the special teams blunders that the Packers had last season uh, and expect them to go deep in the playoffs. And we saw what happens when that stuff kind of happens. So uh, I'm glad the front office recognizes it. Uh, they're not too prideful. Uh, hopefully it's a fix and we're able to move forward and we can win some more football games. Awesome. So, Dean, any other thoughts on special teams? I think we're going to try to keep this uh, pretty short episode tonight, but yeah. I want to make sure you got everything out there that you wanted to get out there. Any predictions uh, early on, or is that a little bit too too soon to jump into that? Oh, it's too soon for me, Wags. I, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. The Packers lost Oren Burks to the San Francisco. Uh, I expect Ty Summers to step up even more and be an absolute stud this year on special teams. And I think that uh, he and a number of other guys are going to just uh, rise to the challenge this year. And that's the expectation that we have. 
for sure. So, okay, folks, th- thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we know the Oscars is going on, but hey, I just <laughs> want to throw this out there. It's called Two Screens. So, yes, you can you, you can tune us. And, and I got to say, I'd rather talk Packers than, than watch the Oscars anyway myself. So, um, thanks so much. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Every year I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go Pack Go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.